Welcome, friends, to the Generations Broadcast. Kevin Swanson, your host with you. Bill Jack from Worldview Academy here with us. And we like to mix it up on this program, come back to economics from time to time. And one of the most important reasons is because we are headed for economic disaster. And the reason I say that is because the wise men build his house upon the rock, but the foolish men build his house upon the sand. And, Bill, if, if we build our house, we build our economic systems upon the sand, that is, if we will not accept the truths that Jesus gives to us in his word and build upon those truths, eventually when the storms come, the house will come down. Yep. And, and the destruction of that house will be highly significant. And that's what we're looking at. Uh, we are looking at some of the most outrageous economic conditions the world has ever known. I mean, I don't think that's an exaggeration. We are looking at massive debt. We're looking at the corruption of money supply in just about every monetary program around the world today. And on top of all of that, our business sector is about as unprincipled as it has ever been. And here's, here's how I'm going to explain that one. The stock market has turned into a casino by a factor of anywhere between 9 and 60-fold over the last 13 years. The stock market, the, the greed to investments uh, ratio, has increased ninefold to sixtyfold in the last thirteen years, and I take that from options. Nearly half the options on S and P five hundred stocks, as well as the SPY and the QQQ, have maturation of less than twenty four hours. It's ODTE is options. It's a twenty four hour roulette wheel, Bill. I mean, a roulette wheel. It spins for about a minute or two. I don't know. I've never played roulette, but you know what I'm talking about. You right. walk into a casino in Las Vegas, and you throw your number on a certain number and then the ball goes around and around and after about a minute or two it stops somewhere well now this the options provided uh are will run for about 24 hours right within 24 hours you have to exercise your option or you're out of it uh so options are a form of gambling i'm gonna get to that in just a moment but what does this mean what this means is that people are after a quick buck they're after a really quick buck about as quick as a slot machine in Vegas. That's where it is today, friends. In 2010, 0% of options had maturities less than 24 hours or one to two days. It was up to 6% in 2018, up to 17% in 2020. All right, go over this one more time. 0% in 2010, 6% in 2018. Now 70% of the options have maturities less than 24 hours or one to two days. And uh, in 2023, this, this year, 60% of options have maturities less than 24 hours or one to two days. The stock market has turned into a casino. Yeah, I did. In 2010, 1 million options traded in a day. Today, it's 9 million. That's a nine-fold increase. It's a nine-fold increase on the number of options. It's a 60-fold increase on the percentage of options that are running at uh, roughly 24 hours. Outrageous, my friends. Investor gambler ratios have changed dramatically by nine-fold to 60-fold in just 13 years. Uh, that means that the majority of our systems today have turned towards greed and gambling. They're not interested in the long-term yield. They're not interested in investment. They're not interested in providing a quality service or product for people. They're just interested in the quick buck, and that will not yield well for an entire economy. When an entire economy tips into greed, you're looking at a 1929 crash. That's where we are right now. They're gambling in the casino room of the Titanic. 
I'm just adding something to the metaphor, if that's okay. Is that all right? Okay. They're gambling in the casino room of the Titanic. That's what's happening. You're adding insult to the injury. Well, that's what's happening, friends. The majority of investors are not investors today. I believe this is the first time in history where the economic machine of the entire empire, the largest empire on earth, has turned into a gambling casino. I don't think this has happened any other time in human history to the extent that we're seeing it happen in the American economy. When the majority of an economy is run by pure greed, pure gambling greed, the economy is over. That's it. Now, before I take the break, Bill, I want to go through some of the basic principles uh, I've laid out the biblical principles relating to economics in my book, How the World Runs, and your part in it. It's a basic economic course for 14-year-olds and uh, 15 and 16 and 17 and 18-year-olds and uh, 63-year-olds and maybe a few 72-year-olds. Thanks. Um, how the world runs and your part in it. Just basic. The, the fundamental principles. Now, the, this, this book is filled with hundreds upon hundreds of biblical principles. But I wanted to get to some real biblical principles, uh, basic principles. And so here we start. The first principle, Bill, is this. If you're taking a biblical economics course, I'm not talking about a course that you take in the public schools. I'm not talking about a course you take in your college or your university in your typical secular uh, system. I'm talking about what the Bible says about economics. First principle, God owns everything, and we are stewards of what we get. God owns the world, and we are the stewards. You agree with that? That's that's what I like to call a BFO, a blinding flash of the obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the world, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Yeah, think, that, that's I the think, verse, I right? Think scripture supports that premise. I, oh yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not that. It's not that earth shaking or shattering. It's not that 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 big a news if you read God's word. Right. So so all of the money, all of the talents, and all of the time that you receive are on loan to you from God. Rush Limbaugh was right. Yeah. Wasn't he? He's right in the talent. sense that he's a steward of that talent. Yeah. talent he says it's on loan, on loan from God. God. Remember that. Yeah. And he was right. That's a basic economic principle. Absolutely, my friends. Number two, God assigns to each of us some property and wealth. Okay. In other words, all property and wealth comes from God. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. That's Proverbs 10 22. And the whole principle of thou shalt not steal is based on that principle. That God assigns. God makes some people poor and some people rich. And Karl Marx steps in and says, here, but let me fix that. Mm-hmm. Right? Karl Marx steps in and says, let me fix that. But ultimately, who is it that assigns certain wealth, certain talents, certain abilities to certain people and other talents, wealth, and opportunities to others? God. Yeah. God does this. Okay, that's principle number two. Principle number three. Economic blessings are not the highest blessings. And that's, of course, where Marx disagrees as well. Because for him, that's everything. Everything is economics. Right. Economic blessings are not the most important blessings, right? Right. Turns out um, the fear of God is more important. The judgments of the Lord, true and righteous, more to be desired than gold. Yea, than much fine gold. Godliness with contentment is great gain. So, okay. Principle number four, slothfulness is miserable. And this is, the cursed thing that ruins big and small economies. I mean, you just get half of the book of Proverbs on that. Principle number five, God wants us to serve the needs of others. Giving is a very important priority for Christians. And of course, the Old Testament laid out roughly, I'm going to say 13.33%. You had the poor tithe on top of the regular tithe. Poor tithe was every three years came out to about 13.33%. Now people say, well, 
But under Jesus, we can pay a lot less than that, right? Because we have liberty to be stingy. Stingy. <laughs> I say, let's talk about that offline. <laughs> okay. Number six, God wants us to use a system of honest money and exchange. Principle number seven, love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Greed is a sin. And when greed gets out of control, as we're seeing right now, it will destroy you and it will destroy entire economies. And that's what we're seeing happening right before our eyes. Principle number eight, God blesses hard work, honesty, humility, the fear of God, wisdom, and faith. Right? Those, those are the basic principles. I can get onto more of them. But friends, honest, God-fearing countries are profitable countries. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Proverbs 23, 4. He who has a slack hand make, becomes poor. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in the summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. Proverbs 10. But according to God's general rules by which he governs economies, he honors faithful work, modest work, gradual increase of capital, and he does not honor get-rich-quick approaches. And that's what's happening. He won't honor it. An inheritance quickly gained at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. Proverbs 20, 21. So this idea of we're all going to rush in and invest in Tesla stocks or options, which is what's happening today, and, and we want a quick buck out of this, uh-uh, that will not be blessed at the end. A man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider the poverty will come upon him. Hearts filled with greed almost always rush into get-rich-quick schemes. These take many forms. Some businessmen will continually borrow money to build their empire. Some will gamble in the stock market, buying and selling quickly in hopes that the markets will rise and fall in their favor. Others will gamble their money in card games and casinos. There are several things that lead to poverty. For example, some will talk big plans and exaggerate about money they've made in the past, but they don't really like to work. This is the big hat, no cattle approach to life. You've heard of these people. Yep. Run into a few of them. They've got a big hat, no cattle. Lots to talk about, but no yield. You know, that people we're talking about here, foolish people cannot possibly produce genuine wealth, which includes sustainable financial wealth. In all labor, there's profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. The crown of the wise is their riches, but the foolishness of fools is folly. Friends, these are the principles that come in the book of Proverbs. I summarize them in the book, How the World Runs and Your Part in It. A critical book for every young person. I wrote it for every single young man, young woman, who's going to get out there and have some uh, interaction with the macro economy someday in their life. you got to be sure your children are rooted and grounded in the wisdom, the principles of God's Word, my friends. So we summarize that in the book, How the World Runs. I'm going to talk more about options next on Generations. Stay with me. You know, busyness has a way of creeping into our lives. As dads, it can leave us longing for moments of one-on-one time with our sons to simply talk. And those moments can be tough to come by. I get it. That's one of our top goals for our annual summer father-son retreat in the Colorado mountains. To provide quality time for you to connect with your son, can you think of anything more important for your schedule next year? If you are looking for an opportunity to bond, to really bond with your son, then join me, Kevin Swanson, and hundreds of other fathers and sons from across the country next August. But be sure to register soon because we max out the camp every year and we're already filling up. Go to coloradofatherson.com today and choose one of the two weekends available before they are full. Lord willing, I will be there and it will be a great opportunity to meet you and your son. This is your chance to secure the lowest price for this event. 
So go to coloradofatherson.com and register today. And we're back on Generations. This is Kevin Swanson. As we talk about the decline of the entire economy, it's not just that the federal government's gone into a 140% debt-to-GDP ratio. No, no, no. It's, it's the fact that the heart of the nation has gone down the toilet. The heart of the nation has gone greed. Now, let me talk about options for a moment. When a trader buys a stock option, he doesn't own any stock yet. He only purchases the right to buy a stock at a certain price in the future. Purchasing a call option is to bet on the stock increasing in price sometime in the future. Suppose a trader buys a call option for 100 shares of ABC company stock at 25 bucks. Okay, the stock is currently worth $15. He pays $150 for the option, betting on the stock value rising above $25 sometime in the future. The option expires in six months or within 24 hours the case may be. So after six months or before that expiration date, he watches the price of the stock. The stock rises to something above $25 at the expiration date finally arrives. The stock is valued at $35. The guy who bought the option purchases 100 shares of the stock at $25, immediately sells the stock at $35, then he walks away with $1,000 in his pocket. Subtracting the $150 he paid for the option, he's earned himself $850. But the guy who sold the option has lost $850 in the bet. He was betting the stock would not go higher than $25. He was hoping he would make $150 on the deal. Between 1973, when option trading got started, and 2020, the stock market was still mostly based on investors who actually wanted to buy stock and companies with the hope of producing value. In a very real sense, the U.S. stock market turned into a gambling casino in 2021. During the first nine months of 2021, $6.9 trillion of options exchanged hands, while only $5.8 trillion in stocks were traded. Elon Musk's company Tesla Incorporated became the favorite for market gamblers. About $80 billion of Tesla options were traded in 2021 compared to only $20 billion of Tesla stocks. What's that, a four to one? Meaning it's a four to one gambling against just real investors just saying, hey, I want to invest in this company. So gambling makes money on other people's losses. Whereas investing makes money by a company's gainful work and success. In an investment, everyone must win if you're going to make a gain. When you purchase something, you usually have a pretty good idea of what you're getting. For example, let's say that you and three friends decided to invest in a bulldozer. Surely, all four of you would want to know that the bulldozer works and that it isn't overpriced compared to other bulldozers in the market. The same should apply to investing in the stock market. If you're going to own a part of the company, you want to be sure that it's a good company that's not overvalued compared to other companies like it. You would want to know how much profit the company made over the last five years before you invested in it. Gamblers are not investors. Day traders don't care about the company they're investing in. They want a quick profit. Now, suppose when you and your friends purchased the bulldozer, you didn't care whether the bulldozer worked. All you cared about was whether you could sell it for a little more than you bought it for. You're hoping that another group of fools will pay a little more for it without even looking into the quality of the machine. That bulldozer might trade hands 20 times before anybody actually tested it and learned that it was just a piece of junk. Are you with me here, Bill? Yep. And that's what's happening to investment in America in, in just the last 13 years. It's, it's come apart in the last 13 years. And ultimately, it's tied into the character of the nation. The character of the nation has come apart at the seams. So it's all speculation. Yeah. It's not. It's what it's turning into. Yeah. 
And it's much like the 1929 crash. And in, in, in that right. case, they just were, you know, borrowing money to invest in the stocks. And we could talk about corporate debt as well if you want to at some point. Well, nowadays, they're act, they, they, they borrow money to pay the dividends on the stock. Mm. And they borrow money to invest in their own stock to artificially Inflate lift the price, the price of the stock yeah. so that others, lemmings, will rush in and buy the stock at the higher price. So that kind of thing has been happening in the last 13 years. Uh, we're looking at the coming apart of an entire economic system, and it ultimately comes down to the character. Now, Bill speaks to the 14-year-old. Speak to the 18-year-old that's listening right now. What's the lesson to take from all of this? Well, I think one thing that's very clear is that we shouldn't chase after money. You yeah. shouldn't. That should not be our goal. Money is a tool. It is a blessing that we are given by God for hard work. And we can use it to, to further his kingdom and to bless others. And that's, that's the purpose of it, to provide for our families and then to bless others. And you're a steward. Yes. And you're a steward. And you're a steward. It doesn't belong to you. Right. God has given it to you to invest. God has given it to you to, to, to bring, hopefully, something of a kingdom increase for Jesus. And if, if you don't see it that way, then you're probably going to give way to greed. Right. And greed flows out of an evolutionary construct, which says that you get rich, you get rich by being lucky. Do you feel lucky, punk? And that's, that's what you've been describing, is that there's this, this scheme to get rich quick. Whereas a creationist mindset is that we create wealth. We don't find it by chance, by luck. You go out and you put hard work. You have an idea. You take your mind, you take materials that you find in nature, you mix those materials with your mind, and you produce the fruit of your labors. Invest hard work and then look to God for the blessing, right. not luck. Yeah. So see, the, the, those are pretty significant differences in terms of our economic outlook as Christians, as compared to the evolutionary outlook. Where, yeah, everything just happens by luck. By chance. No. In our worldview, God gives us resources. And by the way, he also provides us a world in which we can potentially be successful. Then he challenges us to apply ourselves with our minds and our hands to engage the hard work. And then he gives the increase. Right. Well, friends, that's it. That's a biblical view of economics. Put as simply as we can on this edition of Generations. I'd encourage you, friends, to the book How the World Runs and Your Part in It, as well as the study guide that goes along with it. It's a book about the practical things of life and economy for everybody. Economic collapse, crookedness, chicanery, the everything bubble bursting right now. Whether this is the Great Reset or the Great Recession, economic turmoil has become the rule of the day for, for all of us. Some people make things happen. Some people watch things happen. Other people wonder what happened. But, you know, what we're trying to do with this program and with this book is to explain what happened as it happens. And we bring it from a distinctively biblical perspective. The worldly, Keynesian, socialist, heavily manipulated, robbing, cheating, stealing systems of macroeconomics have lost all internal integrity throughout the developed nations over the past hundred years, and it's blowing up right now. So what do we do? Bring a biblical perspective to bear. Root and ground our children on a biblical perspective concerning economics. 
Now's the time to do it. I'm telling you, now's the time to start rebuilding. Get a copy of How the World Runs at our website, generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson and Bill Jack inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.